hot dog. Oh, that was loud. Woo hot dog. Oh, hot, hot dog. Ben, we made, we made it back. You're back and I'm back. Yeah. And here we are. I wasn't supposed to be gone. But man, I tell you, life gets you at man. the last hour. Can you can we title this episode "Ben and Chase to the Rescue"? I'm honest, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, if you want, yeah, it's good to be back. Tyler did a good job. Yeah, I feel so like Tyler did a great so job. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Tyler did a great job. Yeah. Well, let's not encourage him too early. <laughs> I've never even met the man. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're back on the Cody Fitness Podcast. Fitness. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, that's, I don't know where were you going with that joke, but I'm glad you stopped. Yeah, all right. Uh, something about fitness and CrossFit, and last I heard, coyotes were a big part of this thing we do here. Let's go for it. So let's, yeah. By the way, here's something oh. I haven't had a chance to say. Uh, the new artwork for the podcast. It's I'm nice. a big fan. You like it? Yeah. It's a good take on the Apple uh, good. podcast yeah, like logo. Yeah. Yeah, I nice. think it was. Uh, it's, it represents a little bit. We're do growing we, up, guys. Do we shout Derek out? Yeah. That- yeah. yeah. D-Nub. D-Nub Design. Yeah. Did a great job. Metro of Jackson. Extraordinaire designer. Yeah. No one better. It works. If you follow the uh, Coyote Fitness podcast on instagram you'll see the new artwork yeah exactly so there you go go follow yeah that wait the, like the podcast has a page it does sure does i didn't even know that yeah the one you're oh, on shit. right now. i know what i'm doing i know what i'm gonna be doing this where, episode where have you been i really had no idea right. i was just sticking with cody we should probably segue for the people who have a life to something <clears throat> yeah so we're gonna be talking about um coaches today which i think this topic is always fascinating to me because there's just such a, a consistent vibe if we could call it that across all of our locations and that is incredibly intentional so you guys are going to dive into how do we make that happen what are the goals here huge topic i love it let's go yeah let's go we want to talk about um you know really how we train our coaches and what our goal is for our coaches as they um come on uh and and work for coyote because um there's a a process that we're constantly trying to fine-tune and develop and ultimately our goal is to create something where people can make a career out of this and um you know do something that they're passionate about and also be able to uh provide for their family with it for and in order to do that you know across five locations you got to have a lot of uh a lot of training and a lot of uh consistency across whichever class and whichever coach it is so um caleb's gonna gonna dive deep into this because this is something that we're constantly working with and as we bring on new coaches. We, we're trying to develop more and more of a consistent training protocol uh, for them to come on and uh, be able to get up to speed as quick as possible. One so, thing that – well, I'll just say before we jump into it, I think ultimately the reason why we're really passionate right now about training coaches is because we've been able to – we love our job so much. We, we want to create opportunities like what Hunter said. We want to give people opportunities to facilitate the life change that we've seen personally. And we, as coaches over time, get to see from people. And the more that that starts to happen now with five gyms and hundreds and hundreds of members, the more we see that, the more opportunity we see for that in other places. And when we can communicate what we're trying to do clearly, and our coaches can communicate what we're trying to do clearly, it just broadens our reach. And when we're able to reach more people, we're able to fulfill the mission that we have as a gym. And we've set the number to a million people. It would be great if we could, we could, uh, you know, have an unlimited reach, you know, but putting a number on it just helps people and helps our coaches specifically understand that the goal is bigger than just let's have a really hard workout today, you know, Mm -hmm. great job. But it's a lot deeper than that. And when you can connect, to that goal and you when you have people come into the gym to work for and have a career out of being able to create that not only does the coach benefit the organization of course but each member gets a coach who they trust who they can turn their health over to and that's when people's lives start to change Mm -hmm. so the first thing we have to blow up is kind of a, a common method inside of the fitness industry is the people who are uh, front-facing, forward-facing with the clients, with the athletes, are kind of part-time. It's not that they're half-in at what they're doing. We're not trying to say that, but they have a limited percentage buy-in, and uh, that's just the way the system's set up. But you guys right. have determined if we're going to reach this many people and we're going to replicate our culture, we just can't go about it that way. Yeah, I think the setup typically for most CrossFit gyms has always been, uh, you know, let's get the fittest person 
and see if they want to coach a couple classes because, you know, they're the ones putting up the fastest times. And so they're going to be a great coach because they're really good at, at CrossFit. And a lot of time, I would say most of the time, that's really just not the case um, because what it takes to be super fit at CrossFit specifically, or maybe you, you take a competitor who's trying to compete at CrossFit is completely um, contradictory to what it takes to be a good coach. You know, to, in order to be the best at CrossFit, it all, everything has to be centered around you and your training. Whereas if you want to be the best coach, everything is centered around the other, the athletes and their training, you know, and your training comes, comes second. And so, uh, that's, you know, that's kind of been the model has been, let's uh, open up this gym, let's throw some equipment out there and let's, uh, hire the, a couple of the fittest people to be able to coach the class. And, uh, that's something that we're constantly fighting an uphill battle, trying to, uh, get away from and get more towards, Hey, this is more than just, um, here's the working on the board, here's the clock, three, two, one, go, and I'll write your score up on the board at the end. It's about um, working with people and helping them develop a fit and healthy lifestyle that's going to impact them for the rest of their lives and learning about them and what their goals are and the best way to help them reach those um, and kind of an individual case-by-case basis. And that requires a professional coach that's somebody that's really invested in, um, in helping them and also learning how to help lots of different types of people, you know, not just the people who want to, um, compete in the sport of exercise, but people who want to lose a hundred pounds and everywhere in between. Yeah. It's just the range, the scope of needs that have to, that a coach has to handle. So I'd, I'd love to get down to a little bit of the nitty gritty of like, how does this actually work? Because part of what this podcast does is pulls back the curtain a little bit because as athletes, we walk in, we just get the benefits of the system, right? But we don't know exactly what's going on behind the scenes unless we, you know, walk in on one of those conference calls that's happening between the coaches before class or something. So as far as a methodology, I think I've got a scope here, but what actually do you do to train up coaches to adopt this sort of mindset? Uh, Because I would imagine it's not easy because it's very different. Well, the mindset, like, you just said the word mindset, I think, is what we need to be, what we're clear on from the very beginning is understanding that the mindset that we bring at Coyote Fitness as coaches is that we have an opportunity that's only given to us because the client is here. And because the member is here, We the members aren't there for our benefit at all. And so for us, I think when we can adopt this posture of what does the client want to achieve out of their health and fitness if we answer, if we can ask that question first, it really helps change the way that their experience is versus having clients come in and us telling them, hey, this is CrossFit. It's really good for you. This is what it looks like. Um, let's get better at this. You know, the, the analogy we give is like we don't serve steak medium and just tell people like if you like your steak medium, come on. This is what we do. But we want to adopt a posture. I, mean, I, would, I would show that up. would be great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah that's that, that would meet my needs. But I see what you mean. But we tell people your- come in. <laughs> we we tell people to come in, or when people come in, we want our coaches to understand that we are here to provide exactly what that person wants out of their health and out of their nutrition and their overall goals. And so that's a big shift. And that's again why the competitor thing doesn't work out for gyms because competitors love the sport, but if you can't communicate to a mom why the sport the sport's not going to help her. Sure a lot of the things are that they're going to do in the gym are going to help, but you've got to be able to communicate that in terms of what that person is looking for. Um, because there's just not there's just not that many people who come into the gym every day who want to get better at toes to bar just to get better at toes to bar. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about the most minuscule population, but a lot of gyms operate in a way that expect people to walk in and say, "Oh, I really want to be good at ring muscle ups for doing ring muscle ups." Um, so that I think that mindset shift of what the job actually is is first and foremost where yeah. we start. And so as far as the training goes, uh, it's it's a constantly evolving process for us, and it's something that we've been trying to constantly improve every single year. Um, you know, we start by um, being very particular with the type of people we ask to be coaches. Um, we don't just hire any any warm body that comes in and says, hey, I want to coach. You know, we're looking for people who – share a lot of common characteristics uh, that we're looking for. You know, people that are, you know, friendly, have a good personality, love to be around people, um, have a servant, you know, heart, and want to be better, um, be the best coach that they can possibly be and always want to, um, 
you know, improve and don't take, um, you know, feedback as personal, but take it as opportunity to improve. And all that sounds, you know, simple, but it's really hard to find, you know, people like that. And that's, it's something that, uh, we hold a really high standard for our coaches and, um, we expect a lot out of them and we support them and try to give them the best tools that we possibly can to help them improve. But the reality is, you know, sometimes it's, it's not for everybody. It's not something that everybody wants to do um, is constantly try to improve, you know? And so finding those type of people is the first step. And then after that, it's a constant trying to improve on how we can train them and get them um, to be the best coaches they can be as quickly as possible. And that starts with the coaches manual that we've developed and, we're working on the third version of that and it started off as, you know, pretty rudimentary and it's grown and improved every time uh, we've improved it. But we are constantly trying to find things that we can add uh, to it that are going to add value and, and, and help um, our coaches deal with certain situations that come up because, you know, over the th- years and years and thousands of hours we spend at the gym, you start to learn how to handle certain situations because you see so many different things pop up and being able to help, you know, our new coaches learn from the mistakes that we've made in the past and implement then so they don't have to make the same mistakes and so they can, you know, improve and progress quicker. And we spend a lot of time shadowing, um, and I'll let Caleb go in a little bit more detail on all this, but shadowing our coaches and we shadow them and give them feedback. And we have our, you know, our head coaches try to take our, our, our new coaches classes and listen to them and give them feedback as well. Um, we have a, a weekly staff meeting where all our coaches, our head coaches, um, meet and, and check in with each other and see what's going on. And they have kind of like a scorecard that they fill out from the previous week to kind of go over, you know, make sure the things that were the important things were getting done outside of the class. Um, and then we have a quarterly offsite meeting where we get all our full time coaches together and they meet and talk about how the, the last three months went and what we want to plan on the next three months and um, what direction we're trying to head. So, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it um, where we're constantly trying to improve. You know, we also have a quarterly book that we have our coaches read, and we usually pick that from the book list that we have in our coaches' manual. And um, it's just, you know, books that we really feel are, are going to help them. And, you know, we'll see um, Instagram posts, stuff like that, that are videos, stuff like that, that are important and um, that we think can help them, and we'll pass those on to them. And we, we've started doing some weekly training videos as well on stuff that we see that we think can help our coaches. It's a constant process of trying to help our coaches improve and, uh, you know, week to week, day to day. It is an embodiment of that. I mean, we should probably just get a, like a put a penny in a jar every time we say this, but the growth mindset, it's an embodiment of that. Where You could either be stuck and fixed or, or you can grow, and it sounds like this ecosystem that you guys have built is really to force that upon the individual because you know it's going to be good not only for them but for the, the culture long term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's exactly what we do every day, which is why it's a really easy process, I think, to understand for a lot of people. Um, the hard part is not the initial want to do it because if you like if you like working out then and you kind of understand that oh if i do this wrong and a coach comes and gives me a cue that then helps me add 20 pounds to this lift or helps me improve this there's immediate feedback and there's a positive correlation to that the hard thing is when you do that with coaches and you provide feedback it can be if you don't have a deep deep growth mindset then it can uh, it can come across as almost like your personality's under attack or something like that and so it's it's level 1 yeah you like the gym and you love providing that for people we want to make you better at that but that next level of what we're trying to get to is coaches who embody that so much in their personal life that it's accepting that we can be better in the way that we communicate, in the way that we carry ourselves, in our posture, in our physical appearance. And so when you when you take all those factors and you uh, apply them to your entire profession, it creates a, a level of success that differentiates us from just coaches who are there to fill a space. And so I think for, for all of us, it's something we have to work on every single day. And if you think you're working on it, but it's not tangible, you're probably not working on it. And so we've tried to create as many tangible markers of improvement and success in the little things outside of just what even the class is. And so from management to having personal conversations about our goals, Hunter sits down with each coach or each of our full-time coaches every single month and 
ask us how we're doing, how do we feel about our our life right now outside of the gym, in the gym, what are we working towards in the next month? And those kinds of things are what I think separates uh, a good coach from a great coach and a, a career the, coach. A lot of the culture stuff you're talking about raises a question for me. So like if you guys are looking to hire a new coach, like is the first thought process of like, all right, let's see our member base and who we think within this member base could fit this role as a, as a coach for us? Yeah, definitely. I think we always are looking to hire um, from within first because, um, you know, they've, they've been around Cody and they understand, you know, kind of the standard that's held and the way way we do things. And um, a lot of times uh, when, when coaches come in um, from somewhere else and they already have a set uh, belief system and a set way of doing things, it can be a lot harder to um, get them to um, buy into what we're doing or to change what they're doing because mm-hmm. they already have – some set, um, you know, programming already and how they do things, especially if they've coached a whole lot of classes somewhere else or multiple places or wherever. And so if somebody um, who has been coming to Coyote for a while and we can really get to know them and see the type of person they are and see how they interact with other people, see how they interact with workouts, you know, get to know just the ins and outs of them, we'll have a lot better understanding and idea of, of them and them as a person and what their goals are. And they might just say, you know what, I really love uh, what you guys are doing and I want to be a part of it. And that's where the majority of our coaches have come from. I feel like is they were first working out and members of the gym way before they ever became coaches. That's Caleb was a, a member way before he ever became a coach. And so that's kind of, you know, I really like to do that um, because I feel like you really have a really good understanding of, of who's, who a person is and what type of person they are because I, I say this all the time, you learn so much about other people just by watching the, um, in them in the gym day in and day out because the nature of it is it's a hard thing to do and you learn how people handle adversity. You learn how people, um, you know, what their ego looks like, how they interact with other people. You know, over time you can learn so much about a person um, just by watching them, how they come in and partake in a, in a given class. So that's, that's definitely the first place we look now. It's not all, it's not to say we'll only hire coaches from within, but that is always going to be something. And we're always talking about and looking for people who um, might potentially be good coaches. As we, you know, and as the, as the gyms grow and locations continue to grow, you have a lot bigger pool of people to, to choose from as well. And so that's another thing that's a great benefit of us and our growth is we have we have a lot of people who see what we're doing and they have life change that starts to happen and that cycle starts to create people who understand what has happened in their life and want to and possibly can create a career out of doing that for other people. And so I'm I'm hoping and like what one one of our hopes is that we do have this um this community that is able to uh grow within itself. So you guys, like one of the staples of Cody is the on-ramp process for for new members. What does that look like for new coaches? Like coming out of the gate, here's the first things we do with you to get you up to speed on what it means to be a member of the staff at Cody. Well, that's that's great because that's something that we're really trying to improve on. And Caleb is working now on creating a system, systematic process of, on, like you said, on-ramping coaches. Mm-hmm. And in the past, it's been something where we – let them shadow for a while and then we shadow them and we go over the coach's manual, but it's never been like a day one, you do this day two, you do this. And that's something Caleb was working on. And he's working with three new coaches right now um, and putting them all through it together, which is kind of cool to be able to do that and kind of test it out and see how it goes. But I'll let Caleb go in a little bit more detail on specifically what they're doing day to day. I wish I had more detail. On that. <laughs> That'd be nice. That new. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Um, roll out that detail. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I think, Ultimately, the the less you can leave up to one coach's just whim of, mm-hmm. a, oh, this would be great if you did this in this situation. And the more you can have on paper, the more you're going to be able to create consistency across coaches. Because we used to, I mean, and we still do this, but it's great to have a new coach shadow multiple coaches and see kind of the way they do things. But ultimately, we don't want the way they do things to be different from coach to coach and gym to gym. We want that to be consistent. And so what we're in the process of doing is not only reforming the way that new coaches learn what the job entails, but also using this time to 
train our current coaches on being more consistent. And so that's just that's a little side note of one of the great benefits of creating this is it holds you accountable to make sure you're doing all those things. And so if I'm sitting with our coaches this morning, we had a couple hours um, over coffee, and we're going through a lot of the theoreticals about humility and being hungry and, and what our, our mission is as Coyote Fitness. And we're talking about not as many day-to-day, this is how the whiteboard is, or this is how we run the clock, but we're talking about what is the mission of our gym, what is our methodology behind fitness. Um, it really makes you kind of hold you accountable to making sure that that's happening in every gym. And so right now we sit down with our coaches and we go through the coach's manual and we talk about um, we talk about what is what is the goal of our gym long term, and that kind of helps them identify with the mission. Because if they're just here for money or they're just here because they like to work out, then ultimately, eventually something's going to give. And so, making sure they first understand and can can relate to the mission of what we're trying to do of drastically improving the quality of life of a million people, uh, specifically in Mississippi right now, for the most part. And if they can get on board with that then that makes coaching the classes a lot easier because they're already we know they're one of one of the tribe you know they're one of the people that has the end goal in mind the long term mm-hmm. thinking so we start off long term and then as we have those discussions it really helps them understand the context of why we set up the room the way we do before class and why we don't want to waste 5 minutes of members times by having them go pull the rowers out and and not just having it already set up for them or why we want to, you know, provide everything we can to make it as premier of an experience as possible. Mm. So you've got to start with the the deeper meaning behind why they want to do this and what we're trying to accomplish in order to understand why we're going to hold such a high standard of, hey, this is a non-negotiable. Explicit music in the workout, it's a non-negotiable. We really want as much. A lot of old snoop. You'd be surprised how many many ask for it. Uh, No, but those are just examples Mm -hmm. of, um, you know, why we dress a certain way when we coach. Uh, it helps understand the what we're trying to communicate and what we're ultimately trying to do, not just having a bunch of rules. Yeah. So when they understand that, I think that's when you really can get into the the day to day things later. One thing you kind of touched on a little bit, and I wanted to to dig into a little bit was um, talking about you know they're just not doing this for the money, and I think that um, I know that what we're doing and trying to create is something that is completely foreign to people in Mississippi specifically, but uh, really in throughout the whole world is an idea of we're trying to create a job where it can be a career for coaches and also something that they can support their family and make good money doing. And that's one of my biggest goals is trying to help each of our coaches determine, you know, how much money that they ultimately want to make and trying to help them uh, get on a path to get there. And it is not going to be a job where you just come in and say, all right, hey, here's your starting salary, and then you know, after five years or ten years or tenure or whatever, you're going to get, you know, you're going to get this annual increase. It's definitely more of a entrepreneurial role inside of a gym where you're coaching classes, but you also have, you know, other opportunities to to pursue and make make more money as well. But you know, we have this all the time where people come in and maybe their parents or their spouse or somebody else says, well, why are you going to do that? You're never going to make any money doing that. And we're trying to create something where, yeah, you have the opportunity to create money if you, if you really want to do it and create a career out of this where you can support your family with it. And so that's, that's also something that we fight because the perception is that it's not a um, career, it's kind of like a, a hobby job or something like that you just are filling in and you're never going to make any money doing this. This is just what you do until you find out what you really want to do. And that's not at all what we're trying to build. We're trying to build something where not only do you get to do what you love and work with like-minded people and, and hang out at a gym all day and, and help people, you know, get fitter and healthier and, you know, fulfill all their, their goals and dreams, health and fitness wise, but also you can be able to make enough money to support your family and, you know, have the, you know, drive, drive the car that you want and be able to buy a house and that type of stuff. And so that's something that we're trying to to build, to be able to create that career opportunity for as many coaches. And that's something that really fires me up and gets me passionate is being able to 
um, see uh, our coaches make more money month in and month out and um, you know, be able to celebrate the, those wins and, you know, have those conversations with their loved ones. It's like, Hey, you know, you said I, I, I wasn't going to ever make any money doing this, but look, look at this paycheck that I just got. And so that's the, that's the kind of stuff that really fires me up. And I want to be able to, to help, um, those coaches continue to develop and the skills that is going to allow them to be able to do that. And so that's something that we're really trying to do and, and, and grow, um, that aspect as well. And with it becomes, you know, professionals, because we talk about this a lot, like, you walk in to see a doctor and they just come in and and everybody's perception is that's a professional. But most of the time when people walk into uh, our gym for the first time, they're not looking at our coaches as that's a professional just because their perception is, oh, this is just this is just a gym, you know. But that's what we're, you know, in our eyes, we're we're providing solutions that are changing people's life. And we, we see it over and over again. And we know that we're changing people's life and their health and fitness and their and, and that type of thing. And so we're trying to show our coaches that, hey, this is a profession and you are a professional. And that's why we're trying to hold such a high standard for what we do. What I find so interesting, uh, I've got all the questions, by the way. It's a lot <laughs> of information, but I want to just start right there. Uh, what I love to see happen is when someone new walks through the door and they mistake um, a client for a coach because it means that this culture is just watershed down where even the people who are just there to be a part of the class are operating at that level because that's the water that we're swimming in. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's a huge victory to me. But one question, because this is a lot about leadership, I think, really. This larger conversation is a lot about leadership. I'd love to hear how you guys navigate that process of what you said is you need someone who is personally invested. Like they really care about this job. How do you balance that moment where you're trying to lead someone and help them get better and you've got to kind of step on their toes a little bit to get there? All of us around these microphones have led things and a lot of people listening have led things. I would love to hear your take on that. Like how do we navigate sometimes that difficult situation because you know it's going to get them better. And a win for the coach is a win for the business, right? That's what's so awesome here is that if a coach is making more money, it's because more people are getting healthy. Right. So, you know, like this is all great, but yeah. this little part is a little difficult to navigate. Uh, it starts with the, t- the the people that you hire and um, trying to be very particular with hiring the right type of people, ask the right question type of questions, make sure we know them. Um, and then, setting the expectation on the front end. Look, this is going to be a job where you're going to get a lot of feedback and it's not, and we talk about this all the time. We talked about it in our last offsite uh, in depth was this is not feedback is not a us saying you are a bad person. It is saying, Hey, look, I saw, I heard the way you, you had this conversation. Um, I think it could have been come, gone better by doing saying this another way just based off of all of our experience over the years. And we've seen, we've learned, you know, the way to have these types of conversations. And I think you could have done it better this way, you know, and, but ultimately doing it in a safe environment where it's not a berating, it's not a yelling at, it's not a, you know, trying to break people down. It's look, this is something that's going to ultimately help you reach your goals better. And that also comes with constantly talking with them about what their personal goals are, what their career goals are, what's their financial goals, what's their fitness goals, all that type of stuff, and checking in with them every month to make sure they're heading in that right direction so they know ultimately it's for their for the, their best interest, and we want to help them skip a lot of the steps that we went through to get there because, you know, ultimately, you know, I'm 36, and it took me, you know, a long time to learn this, and if I can convey that to somebody who's 22 to 25, by the time they're 36, they're going to be so far ahead of where I am now, it's not even going to be funny. And so if they can, if we can help them understand that, um, it's just going to help them progress so much quicker. But ultimately, it starts with get, you know, getting the right people on the bus and also you know, setting that expectation on the front end um, of feedback and constant improvement and holding a higher standard. When coaches know that you're – and Hunter's communicated this really clearly to – to each of us as coaches, but when coaches know that they're the owner, the person, their their direct report, whoever's ahead of them, has their best interest in mind and has their goals in mind, then when they provide feedback, they know that it's only to increase your effectiveness. And for us, even talking about how this isn't a job where you just you have a starting salary and that's what it is, and maybe you'll get a little bit of a bonus one day and that's what you work for. It's Hey, there's opportunities here for you to 
drastically improve a lot of people's lives. And we're going to show you how to do it. We're going to give you some examples of other coaches that have done it. And so when they know that and they have, and you're constantly talking about the goals and every month you're talking about what you're aspiring to do, when you set that trajectory and that standard, then all of a sudden feedback becomes really valuable. And it's something that's important. Just like if you say, hey, I'd like to go to the CrossFit Games and you're six years out and a coach comes to you and says, hey, we need to do this and it's going to be really hard. You're like, let's go. Like, I can't wait to do this. And so athletes understand that. But a lot of times in business, they don't, we don't naturally understand that the the feedback, that growth is the trajectory to gaining influence. And so for our coaches, I think anytime feedback comes in that term of, this is, I know this is one of the things that you want. I think you can get there and you're going to gain influence by changing this habit. And it's really, it's going to go take you from A to B in these people's mind. And when they go from A to B in these people's mind, they're going to come to you with their most serious and intimate body change, body goals, and even mental, you know, even the things they want to accomplish um, from a mindset standpoint. And so when they trust your professionalism, then you gain influence. And so that's what, that's what we try to help. Being able to give that feedback, I think, a lot of times as an athlete, we can identify like I'm frustrated and I'm, I'm looking for feedback. You know, Total Bar is a great example. I'm frustrated by this. Coach, can you help? I think it's a real art to, to develop um, a way of doing business where you get to skip the frustration and just start giving the feedback. You know, it's a, it's a lot easier way to grow in letting somebody identify something that can change before you're even frustrated about it. That seems to me like that's leadership. That's caring for someone when they don't know exactly what to care about for themselves, but they've handed over that influence. Here's a perfect example. People will drop all of the programming that they do to do Matt Fraser's programming because they know that he has created, he's been successful himself. And it's really hard from a business standpoint to, because everybody's salary is not written on their forehead, you know, or their success. (laughs) (laughs) No, but their success. And so what we've been talking about is trying to help coaches communicate. Like we want to create a career for you that helps you live out the life that you want to live and do something that you're incredibly passionate about. And we want to create a blueprint for that. That's what our, that's what our manual is. It's a blueprint for that. And so I think it's trying to communicate that where it may be really obvious that, oh, this coach has led, you know, this team to however many championships. I'm going to do whatever they say. And for Hunter and I, as we try to help our young coaches or newer coaches starting out is we want to also show them like, hey, this is example A, B of going, of winning the championship of coaching jobs. And that's what I think we have, and that's what I think we have to offer and are going to continue to have to offer. And so just trying to show them that, whereas for an athlete it may be really obvious, but for in the business sense it might not be quite as obvious to them right away. Does that make sense? Yeah, a ton of sense. It feels like you guys are taking that humble and hungry, and that's infecting this process as well. You're wanting your coaches to feel that as well. So I get the sense that you guys are pretty excited about the direction this is headed and scaling and added to the team over time. Uh, I'm I, I'm so excited. I, you know, I wake up every day just excited for the day, excited for the week, and I feel like we really have are getting a ton of momentum and traction. And and the more the more awesome like-minded people that we add to the team it just grows how far we can go and you know things are heading in such a great direction and I feel like we've we've been through so much and learned so many things over the years and being able to apply what we've learned um, to our new coaches and just help them skip the 15 steps that it took us to get there and they're jumping up 15 levels from day one if if they're willing and able to listen and take the feedback, it just makes it exciting um, to be able to see them make that progress. And we're, you know, we're learning and implementing things that are just helping us grow um, faster and learning ways to teach our coaches um, how to grow and level up faster. Uh, and it just, it's so fun when you see, when you put together a plan with somebody, like I really enjoy these monthly meetings that Caleb said um, that we started doing recently this year um, where I just sit down one-on-one and just kind of help, you know, talk to them about where they're at and where they want to get to. And a lot of times they don't even really know exactly what it is, where they want to get to. And that's part of my job is to help them clarify, well, let's figure out exactly what, what that 
what that income looks like for you, what your day-to-day looks like to where you're going to be happy and satisfied and, you know, excited to get out of bed every day. And then we start putting this plan in place. And for me to be able to watch them get there faster than they ever thought they were going to, like I'll brag on Tyler, for example, we had him on the last two episodes, but him and I sat down three months ago and we set a goal for him for uh, the end of the year and he's already reached it in May, you know, and that goal was set for the end of the year. And so now it's like, okay, well, man, we reached this way faster. And now I'm having conversations with him on how let's talk about how you can be a leader among uh, the other coaches and the newer coaches and teach them what you've learned. And then that's the same thing as far as now he, he we're taking somebody that's only been working for us for a little over a year. And now he's passing on his, his knowledge and, you know, what he's learned to other new coaches who are going to be able to use that and implement what he's learned over the past year and be able to implement that their first month. And, and it just, it just accelerates the process. And so it's just a lot of fun. All of it started too. And all of that, you can even trace back to a conversation about, are you willing to accept feedback? Because we've, you know, this is something that is seven, eight years, every single bullet point in our coach's manual, you can have a little side note or in parentheses, just be like, hey, we used to do the opposite of this, or this is what I did for two years. And I cannot believe that we used to do that. And so every when you start collecting those, I think they see that value. And Tyler was, it's no, again, finding the right people from the from the very beginning, he was wanting to know, he was hungry for feedback. He was not only willing to accept it, but he was seeking it out. And so when you find the right person and you have all this experience and you get to give them in an organized way with our manual, then they're able to experience success at a much faster rate than they even maybe thought. Mm-hmm. Sweet. That was great. <laughs> I, n- I mean, there's so much more we could talk about, but Obviously, I think we're, yeah. we're yeah we're out of time, and maybe we can go over to another time. Like hey, the you know, just material. catch us in the lobby and ask <laughs> us this question. <laughs> well, there's so much. Like I, I love episodes we could return back to, like with the, the annual rhythm and the the resources that are listed in the book and lessons learned from that. So I think we should come back to this one. We can come back to it after uh, after we've you know got our 3.0 manual out and we've honed in on our our training process a little bit more and, and we can revisit it and see you know how it's gone and also you know what else we've changed we'll, we'll just get Derek to build a career page yeah well I was interested about to say, in working for Cody yeah you know? why don't we wrap it this way I mean there's a solid chance that someone would listen to this episode and say man I want to be a part of that how do they do that yeah they can reach out to us um yeah that's something that I really want to do is add a career page on our on our on our website and just, you know, hopefully we can get that up at some point. But until then I would say reach out to us on social media or fill out the contact form and we'd love to talk to you about it. Um, you know, go from there. Cool. Uh, uh, side the box. Uh, I'll take it. I'll take it. He's a little rusty. Yeah, you went for it. I almost jumped in there. I'm so glad I did. (laughs) Caleb, you should have. Because it was so tight. That's right, man. We nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yada 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 new outside the box new yeah, uh, 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 paradigm yeah we've yeah. been doing it a yeah. while uh-huh. great alright what have y'all been up to well I did get uh, a request and this might be just the only person that wants to know but last two times I didn't talk about my marathon training and <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> like I mean it, it, I, I kind of want to hear how it's going so I'll, I'll start off with that and saying it's getting it's getting harder for sure it's getting that hot. makes sense yes yeah, <laughs> It, the, the time commitment, the, the, the time commitment, and yeah. then the the temperature. You know, it's starting to get to where it's in the nineties. It and re- like it. I feel like over the instantly. past like two weeks, it's yeah. like really gone out. there. And so at that point, then it's like, well, I can't run in the middle of the day. I really have to get up early and do it. And yeah. so um, that's part of it. And then you know, the time commitment is getting to where it's you know a couple hours. Um, yeah, every time you run, and so um, the actual. Once you get into the run, you know, one, to me, it's I've started to realize once you get over that hour mark, it all just kind of is the same. It just kind of runs together. You're just kind of chugging along, listen to a podcast or whatever, um, getting in that rhythm. You know, the first, I'd say, 10, 15 minutes is the hardest because you're you're trying to get into that zone, get into the rhythm, get the sweat going, get the heart rate up a little bit. But then after that, it just all kind of runs together. But the hardest part is like, gosh. I got a lot of stuff I got to do, but I got to dedicate. You know, I got to go run for two hours. I got to make sure I've fueled up because now, if you're going to go that long, you you have to have eaten enough to be able to fuel yourself before 
Um, I had originally purchased some running shoes, and I was getting really bad blisters on the bottom of my foot. Which ones single- did you buy? I bought these um, Sacophony, Saucony, something like that, and it was. I was getting a blister on my right foot every single time, and it mm-hmm. was just getting worse and worse. And it got to the point where I was just like, I. I, I, I don't want to even run anymore because it just hurts so bad every step. And so I just switched back to my Metcom Freeze, and I've been running those, and I've been fine. My feet are sore, and my calves are sore the next day, but I'm actually able to do it without getting blisters on my feet. So I don't know if I'm just going to finish it out with my Metcom Freeze or if I'm going to try to find another pair, but um, they feel the best on my feet. So other than that, it's just it's just a, com- a time commitment, you know, a big mm-hmm. time commitment. Got to plan ahead to make sure you get it in before um, before it gets too hot. And um, – you know, that's kind of where we're at at this point. Mm. We're at uh, 10 and a half miles right now. So I think um, once we get to the half point, we're going to go to a um, every other week long and every other week short type thing because um, just kind of back off on the mileage as the miles increase and then um, still run but maybe do like five miles on one week and then go up to the long one the next week. That way we're not just beating ourselves into the ground. So What's the longest the, the long practice gets before the actual marathon? I don't know. I need to do a little bit more research on that. The mo- I've heard people do like 20, 21, something like that. Because you never go full, right? You save no. the full for I a mean, you, Yeah, there's no point going that in your mind. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's no point in doing it before you actually have to. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I feel like I could do it now. Now that I've got my foot situ- feet situation figured out, my body feels like I could do it. Um, and so I'm kind of like, God, I got still got six more months before I got to do this thing. I kind of want to just go ahead and get it over with because of the, t- the time commitment for, of the training aspect. But, um, so anyways, I'll just, uh, we'll continue to, to do it that way. And, um, and then we'll, we'll knock it out in December and then never do it again. <laughs> My marathon Preach. training is right on track. <laughs> yeah. Those Netflix marathons. Yeah. They take yeah. a lot out of you, but Been killing those. Yeah. So. I'll tell you something I've been into lately. This will, this will be quick, but I made the determination that I'm going to stop listening to music in my vehicle. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I mean though, is that I'm going to go over to podcast, not entertainment podcast, but podcasts that are teaching me something specifically about uh, engaging in business. Cause I've gone through a transition in my life right now where a lot of that stuff matters in a way that it's never mattered before. Uh, so it's brought up something for me that I've realized brings me a lot of joy. And I think a lot of people would have the same experience, but I've committed to learn something uh, new about an area that I've never discovered at least once a week. So I walked in talking to you about, you know, sound engineering. I've never mm-hmm. thought about that in my whole life, but there's just something that picks up mm-hmm. when you're like, whoa, I have, I have to engage in this thing. I don't have a lot of time invested in this and it's, it's a new deal. So that's kind of where I am of like, turn, turn off the music, turn off the murder mystery podcast or whatever it is. Yeah. There are really, really intelligent people offering a tremendous amount of information for free. People would be better if they would just take advantage of that. I remember that process when I went through that same thing where I would I would always listen to music in the car and listen to the radio and then I just got to the point where I'm like I'm spending so much time in the car I'm gonna start trying to listen to podcasts and then I could do podcasts for a little while but then I'll be like all right my brain's tired I'm gonna switch back over the music and then it was kind of a gradual process over probably a year where now I don't ever listen to music in my car um, unless like maybe on the weekend when I'm driving with my wife or something but typically it's if I'm in the car I'm listening to a podcast and you know i Sometimes it is entertainment podcast. Sometimes it's trying to learn, um, especially when I'm going longer, uh, longer drive. But it was it, that was all part of a, a whole turning point for me, where I'm going to try to learn as much as I can to be able to apply it to my life, as opposed to um, just show up to work and leave and you know forget about it the next day. So that's mm-hmm. crazy. I I did the same probably five years ago, maybe five or six years ago. I went through a time where I put a sticky note on like on my dash that was just like no music. And turning the music off, and for me, it wasn't podcast right then, but it was just quiet. Mm-hmm. Like just the just the constant, especially in the gym, it's constant music all the time, and you realize how much music has an effect on. If you don't think pe- music has an effect on your emotions, just like when people when a certain music a certain song comes on, like it changes people's mood completely. All of a sudden, exercise is not hard. It's like let's go, you know. Yeah. Like it can change your physical strength even, and so the power of music. But it also has this distracting power that, like, if you're not used to being quiet, it can it can really like it can stand out that time where you don't have music or you don't have noise. So, oh yeah, that uh, that was I went I did that for a little while too, and it was 
it was a game changer. Hunter, one of your recommends actually made it like six degrees around to me. I can't remember the name of it, but the guys like uh, the Dixie Mafia or something like that. It's like the Red Dirt, Red Clay, something or another. Does that ring a bell for you? Book or podcast? Podcast. The Dixie Mafia? Yeah. Um, the guy's like, he's a race car driver. We're going to have to look it up and put it in the notes now. Wait, are you talking about – you're not You're not talking about the podcast on the guy from Alabama, are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, S-Town? Uh, no, this was – as it's similar to S-Town, which, by the way, we should just say wild, wild. Where did those guys go? Are they still doing that that stuff, the S-Town folks? I don't know. I, I mean, know. How, I don't know. But that I read – talking about the, the, I read the book Mississippi Mud about the Dixie Mafia. Maybe that was it. Maybe it was But I book. hadn't listened to a podcast. I turned it into think. a podcast. <laughs> I should have known. Yeah. You, really, you really twisted that one. Yeah. <laughs> Hunter was recommending a book. I turned it into a podcast. <laughs> that probably says a lot about my personality. That's all right. Yeah. One of the things I've been uh, – that we talked about on the podcast last time was committing to going and – taking a swim lesson, like a competitive swim lesson. A lot of people I appreciate reached out and asked if I knew how to swim and thought that was really brave of me. But <laughs> I, I'm I, facing I, my fears. Like, man, that's so inspirational. Like, that's so great, like, that you waited this Good long. for you, man. Thanks. So, so vulnerable admitting so that on a podcast. I, yeah. So I can swim. I can't swim well. I can't swim fast. And I don't know how to breathe when I swim. So it looks a little chaotic. So uh, I followed through. I joined the Y for a month, took a swim lesson, and I've been going every week and just practicing the art of like a long, like being able to master breathing and swimming at the same time and not just like surviving as you go slowly down the pool. And The whole process for me was really, uh, it was probably a little bit more than most people would put into it, but I was able to see how we just talked about coaches training and talking about putting yourself in and being empathetic towards people. Well, when you've been in the gym every single day and you've done a really hard workout or a really hard physical thing every single day over and over, it's really hard to put yourself in the shoe of the person that walks in the door for the first time and what they're experiencing and all the emotions. And so going into a pool with a coach and not having any idea and starting from square one with him, I was able to go through, I joined another gym. So I went through like the filling out the forms and signing up and paying and questioning, like, do I really want to pay for this right now? Like all those things that people go through. And it was like, it allowed me to go through what people go through every day when they come in. And it gave me a lot of, I was really enlightened into um, just how brave a lot of people are for walking into the gym in an incredibly, incredibly intimidating environment. And I was extremely motivated to limit the factors of intimidation in a gym you learned and how valuable thing. it is look at that yeah so it was uh so that was a fun process and um so i've been sticking with it but are you wearing a cap that's all i want to know heck yeah i'm wearing a cap <laughs> i ordered a cap and goggles uh and so i got the whole thing i don't have a i don't have a speedo what what do you do halfway? That's what I want to know. Nothing. Nothing. Zero things. How hey. you do anything is how you do everything, Ben. Oh, my gosh. Let me, before we start <laughs> fixing me, I did look this up. In the Red Clay okay. is the name of the podcast, okay. In the Red Clay. And it's, I'm only an episode and a half in, but it's S-Town level. They do. I, they do uh, is, uh, I haven't listened. Quintessential to Ben. I'm only an episode and a half but in. I'm gonna, but I'm guaranteeing. I'm recommend this. To <laughs> I can tell you. I know. Knows I'm a what's quick study. Up. Like, come on, come on, guys. You know, you pull up a podcast yeah. and the 30 seconds in, you're like, nope. Yep. These yeah. guys know what they're doing. Mm. I'll check it out. I got. Yeah. I got a drive to Knoxville coming up this uh, this uh, Thursday. That so. is a drive. Just a casual drive to Knoxville on a Thursday. Well, Mayor's competing this weekend, so. Oh, um, that, well, hey, this is in Georgia. Fine. Mayor, uh, my wife and I are driving up. We're leaving Thursday morning. There you go. Sweet. Um, I got to recommend, too, if, we were, if we're onto that, uh, the Elon Musk biography. Have you guys read that? Mm-mm. You, I mean, Elon Musk, he have. Just, he, you, you have read it? He's, yes. just, he's just more, I mean, he's becoming more and more like mainstream and just in the news all the time. He's a new breed of person. Yes. They, they don't have a title for not what yet. he is yet. No, they do not have a title. Um, but th- this book is fascinating. I mean, just to see where he came from and how he got to where he is. Um, and, um, I mean, th- just so many similarities with so many other successful people in biographies I've read. Um, but I would highly recommend recommend. Recommend it, and he actually uh, was a part of the process. So there's um, there's a lot more um, insider info and stuff than you would get in a lot of other biographies that aren't 
they don't work with them. Um, but th- this guy that wrote it, he said Elon originally said he wasn't going to help him out, and then he after a while he came back and said, okay, I'll I'll, I'll inter- be interviewed and stuff. So there's a lot of inside stuff from him as well. But either listen to it or read it. Elon Musk biography definitely recommend it. I got to recommend. Um, I'm reclaiming Jello. I've been posting about it. If you've <laughs> yeah, seen you it, have. Good guys, gosh, I am reclaiming Jello, <laughs> and we're gonna take the world by storm. Uh, I saw this. This was not unique to me, but I saw it on. I saw it I online. Can't, I Listen, can't get my composure. No, no. I'm telling you, I've had a lot of people reach out to me over the last day about this recipe, and I keep changing. Does it involve vodka? It does not. This okay. is not and a Jello a protein, shot. As I thought. I not thought they were discs no. of sirloin. This. They look so disgusting. <laughs> I just the it, Jello look gross. Yeah, yeah. Oh, get out of here. It <laughs> looked no, like fat-free right. sirloin. No, okay. No, listen. Right, I'm finished interrupting. Now you have to tell me what guys. The heck reach you're out to about. me on social media if you'd like the recipe. I'll send it to you. It's incredibly easy. Protein Jello. It's your serving of protein with volume, so you don't have to just chug a liquid. You okay. can go to it in the fridge when you're when you're bored and you want to go through and you're like looking for something to snack on. You can eat an entire, let's see, twelve muffin pan servings full uh-huh. of Jello, all that volume. You get that was the last one that the video they're showing <laughs> the picture right close. now. Okay, uh, yeah. All right, it's not the color I expected. No, yeah, so we it's did, very we did meat sour acid. lemon. <laughs> yeah. We did strawberry lemon, and so I squeezed that or crayon. I don't the, know. The thing we added this week was the thing we added this week was we squeezed the fresh lemon in each one of them and Ooh. stirred it before, and so it was sour strawberry flavored. The only calories you get are protein calories that's in your mix because Jello is like one gram of protein actually, but I don't know. I can't. I can't for sure say that they're truthful about that. Man. Um, but it's a great snack. It's cold. It's something to do. It beats ice cream. You don't have to go through the pantry looking for something. And so this summer, protein jello. I'm in on that. It beats ice cream, uh, you know, from the fitness point of view. I like the sour strawberry too. I'm yeah. in on it. Wow. I'm surprised you went so public with that because now Fresh squeeze lemon. Now we're gonna have companies rolling out That's, je- protein jello shots. Yeah, it's really Pinterest mom kind of esque of me to do that, <laughs> but I've thought totally it agree. really is gonna it's really gonna uh, it's really going to change the game for people. I appreciate your bravery. Kind of like learning to swim, eating Jello. Yeah, look at you, just we're dialing taking, it back. We're taking it back. <laughs> That's right, we're taking it back to you elementary school. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, now I'm going to have to eat some Jello. Yep. All right, is that it? Yeah, I think we're so. done. Oh, yeah. Great, landed on Jello. Jello. See ya. <laughs>